Good morning, church family. I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. I know that I am. I have a pretty good day each and every day because I always make the best of it. We're always going to have tough times, but if we change our attitudes and try to try to just make the best of everything, then uh, we can all have a pretty good day, any day. But uh, this morning, I'm going to talk about revival and how it's attainable only through seeking God. You know, you, you may have come this morning expecting to hear a, a Father's Day message, and, and a lot of times that's, that's what we hear on Father's Day, but this is a Father's Day message. It's kind of how we will seek our Father in Heaven, come closer to Him, and experience true revival. I hear so many people talking about revival. Every church I go to, they're talking about revival. Every I see it on Facebook all the time. People wanting revival, wanting to see a great movement of God. They're wanting to see the next man of God come through, sweeping through with powerful messages, powerful sermons, sweeping the lost off their feet. But revival, revival is for the believers. And that's what we'll talk about today. Being reborn, born again. Being born again is for the lost. But we need revival. Many don't understand revival. But I hope that when we leave here today, we'll understand that it's, it's all about seeking God. It's all about bowing before Him. Realizing that uh, it's our brokenness, our disobedience, our pride, our lack of love for God and for people. For building idols in our lives. For being envious of others and what they have and having poisonous tongues that deceive and slander others and most of all, ignoring the loss that God so loves that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to save. This is why we need revival. We need to be revived. We need to be woken up and we need to bow before our Father in heaven, seeking him in all that we do each and every day. Loving him with all our heart. Making every day Father's Day for him. That's what we need to be doing. We've said idle long enough. We've said idle watching the world kind of fall to pieces. Watching people that we love and we know fall to pieces without loving on them with the love of Jesus. Without going to them and, and reaching out to them and showing them who Jesus is by letting Jesus live and work through us. Sad thing is we get so scared and so nervous of hurting somebody's feelings that we watch people slip into eternity never having the hope that we have in Jesus as believers. We watch them slip away into a hell that is unimaginably horrific all because we're too afraid of offending people. If we truly desire revival, we must seek God and seek to mend our broken relationship with our Father in heaven as one people, one body. That's what we have to do. We have to come together in unity and in love. God's given us pretty specific instructions on how we are to approach him. And this isn't just every now and then. This is every day how we should be approaching God. 
We're going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 11 through 22. And if you would, stand with me as we read God's word. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 11 through 22. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. All that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house he successfully accomplished. And then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be forever. My eyes and heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked, doing according to all that I have commanded and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I have covenanted with David your father, saying, you shall not lack a man to rule Israel. But if you turn aside and forsake my statutes and my commandments that I have set before you and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you. And this house that I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight. And I will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And at this house which was exalted, everyone passing by will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to, the, to this house? And then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worship them and serve them. Therefore, he has brought all this disaster on them. Let us pray. Father, prepare our hearts for revival. Lord, I, I really believe with all my heart that we're about to see you move in a powerful way. You're always moving, God. You never stop working. So let us look around as we go out into this world and see where you're working and seek to be with you, hanging to, onto the coattails of our daddy as he goes out working in the field to reach the lost of this world. Father, give us a heart of kindness and love for all people, no matter what sin they're involved in. Let us see people as you see people and love people as you love people. And Lord, hear our prayer as we cry out to you. So many in this nation, God, are crying out. But Lord, I pray that the church wakes up and, and sees that if we just let you work through us, we can accomplish all things. 
This world can be turned upside down for the good. Father, thank you so much for all of my brothers and sisters. And I just pray that each and every one is given the burning desire to seek your face and to reach people with the message. But Lord, revive us. Heal our land, Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may all be seated. In verses 13 and 14, it says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. God is trying to get our attention all the time. He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to, to get our ear to turn towards him. As he speaks to us with that still small voice at time. He's trying to speak unity into us. He wants us to love one another and encourage one another. And not just come and sit separated and then leave on Sundays and Wednesdays. He wants us to have relationships. He wants us to grow together towards him. He wants us to bow before him. And truly love him with all our hearts. And then go out seeking the lost. He's working on getting our attention. He really is. So much is happening right now in the world. And, and I believe it's because God really, really wants to step in. But he's allowing these things to happen to wake us up. He wants us to wake up and turn to him and cry out to him. You know, as, as a child... When something goes wrong or something happens or when we get hurt, we cry out to our Father. We reach out to Him. We seek His help. But you know, as we grow older, our hearts become prideful and we stop doing that. We think we can handle everything on our own. And we try to do that. Over and over again, we try to fix the problems. I believe once we're smart enough to desire him above all and cry out to him in repentance, we're going to see very awesome things happen. And not just here at First Baptist Church, but I'm talking about all over the world. A worldwide revival. Can you imagine it? Revivals are breaking out everywhere right now. But we have to prepare our hearts. We have to prepare our hearts by seeking our daddy in heaven. We have to do this. We have to seek him. We have to repent. We have to repent for things like coming and being comfortable and sitting in a pew and listening to the word be preached and then not carrying it out to the world. And I know you hear this a lot. But it's because we sit and I'm guilty. So don't feel like I'm pointing a finger at you or you out there on Facebook. I'm pointing the finger at me too. We, us, have to seek the Lord in repentance. You know, the thing is, awesome things are happening every single day all over the world. And sometimes we just are so blinded that we're not seeking to do the work of our master. He's out there working. He's out there doing his job. The question is, are we doing ours? 
You know, the gospel has been changing lives each and every day since Jesus ascended into heaven. And he gave his disciples the Great Commission. Every single day, there's a life changed by people willing to carry the gospel out to the lost. Every single day, lives changed. Verse 14, particularly, has been posted everywhere, all over social media. I see it all the time. But I don't see a lot of change in the way that we do things or in the way that we're seeking the Lord. We're stuck in tradition. We're stuck in the way that we do things. All these things aren't bad that we do. But if they're not working and we aren't seeing great, powerful movements of the Holy Spirit across the land and in our churches and in our family, then they have to be changed. Are we hearing God himself speak? Are we hearing him say, humble yourselves. Seek my face. Turn from your wickedness. I'm waiting for you to cry out to me and I will hear from heaven and will forgive your sin of turning away from me and heal your land, says the Lord our God, to all generations from his holy word right here. In verse 14, turn back to me. He doesn't say, I'll never take you back in. He doesn't say, I won't heal your land. He says, I will heal your land. And that right there is a promise from God to all generations as he spoke to Solomon. That is a promise. That is a guarantee. Now, I don't know why some of you are here this morning. I'm usually not in this service. Some of you may just be here because it's Father's Day. You want to spend time with your father. You want to come to church. And most of this message is, is talking about revival. And that, that's for people who, who know Jesus, who serve him on a daily basis or, or, or have been saved by him. But if you're sitting here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, cry out to him for forgiveness of your sin and make him Lord of your life and he will change you, he will mold you, he will shape you in the most powerful way that you've ever been changed. He changed me. And a lot of people that knew me back then would have thought that was impossible. But he did it. And he can do it for you. He can do it for you. But if we seek him together, the ones who are truly born again with a repentant heart, guided by the Holy Spirit, turning from wickedness and standing on God's word against the evil of this world, we will see healing of the broken church and a movement of God like hasn't been experienced in I don't know how long. We will see a movement of God. He is faithful. God's not gone. He has not forsaken us. We've turned our back on him and tried to fix things our own way. Try to do church the way we see fit instead of being the church. Led by Jesus Christ as the head. That's what gets us into trouble. 
And what it's doing is it's, it's affecting this generation, our children, some of you as grandchildren. This generation's been totally affected by the lack of God and seeking Him. We must turn to Him and cry out repentance. We must do it soon so He can fix all the mess that we've made. That's what He's saying here. When you get in a mess, I'll fix it if you cry out to me. But until then, I'll sit back and I'll wait to when you get so desperate that you finally figure out that you need me again is what God's saying right here. Do we need God to fix this nation and this world? You bet we do. He's done it in times past. You look through all through Scripture. And God is constantly being asked to come back again. They cry out to him. They get in trouble. They turn from him. They start seeking other gods. They start doing other things. They're doing their own things. And then they finally get so desperate they cry out to God, and there he is, boom, right there, waiting, willing to pull them out of the mucky mire of sin that they're in. But we got to call out to him. We must. You know, we're on God's mind and heart continuously. Continuously. He thinks about each and every one of you here. Whether you're lost, whether you're saved. If you're saved, he's constantly trying to pull you in the direction to work with him and what he's doing to accomplish great things. And if you're lost, he's knocking on the door of your heart saying, open that door, open that door. And we've got to open that door and let him in to receive salvation and be able to enter into his heaven. We've got to believe that Jesus came and lived the perfect life. And went to the cross and experienced that horrible, horrific death. But then was taken down and placed in the tomb. And in three days, by his own power, he rose again. We have to believe that to receive salvation. We have to put our full faith and trust in that. That's what it's all about. Full faith and trust. That equals salvation. Now revival, for us that, that have been sitting kind of idle, watching the world go by. We've got to seek him, seek him. We need to find ourselves seeking God like the psalmist in Psalm 85, 6. It says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? The answer to that question is yes, once again, for all generations. If you truly seek him, he will revive you. He will revive us. He'll bring us together and, and make this powerful movement happen. But it's all in his timing. And we must depend totally on him and not man. Totally on the Lord. The answer to that question is yes, yes, yes. Cry out to the Lord in repentance. Seek in revival. And watch how God responds. He will respond. He will. And I know that. I know that for sure because I know the Lord. And I know how faithful he is. And I know how faithful he's been in my life. And I know he will, he will respond. 
with love in a movement like you've never seen. He's a loving father. He's an awesome God. His ways of fixing problems are much better than the world's ways of fixing problems. We see how the, the world fixes problems. Every time we try to fix our own problems, we end up promoting sin and trying to make everybody happy. Well, everybody's not going to be happy all the time. And people are going to get mad and angry about hearing that they must turn from their sin. You see, repentance is, is hard because sin feels so good. Sin feels good. But if we're in sin, we're breaking God's commandments and we're separated from him. But it feels so good that we don't want to repent. But we must repent. We must turn from it. And let him do the work that needs to be done through us. You know, God still hates sin. That's never changed. You have a people that are, are so extreme, they, they say, well, this sin's okay now because of this. Well, sin is never, ever, ever okay. Don't ever be fooled by a false preacher teaching that sin is okay. Because I can tell you right now, they're sorely mistaken. And if somebody's preaching that nonsense... They will stand before him and be judged because sin is hated by God. But God loves the sinner. He loves the sinner. That's, that's what moved him to send Jesus because of his love for us, for me, for you, for all of us, for the world. God loves the sinner, hates the sin. And in saying that, we must be mindful that he is never okay with his creation, ignoring the work of the cross and denying his son while continuing to wallow in sin. And if you call yourself a Christian this morning, and I'm not saying this to be mean, but you find yourself purposely going out and wallowing in the same sin, you've never changed, you've never been changed by the gospel. You see, the gospel makes you a new creation. And accepting Jesus doesn't give us a license to sin. We can't continue wallowing in sin. We have to turn from that completely. Completely. Will we stumble and fall into sin from time to time? Yes. But we shouldn't be seeking it. If we're seeking it, then we need to look into the mirror of the law and ask ourselves, am I really saved am I really washed clean by his blood it's okay to ask yourself that question look at your life and hold it up to scripture let scripture speak to you you don't have to listen to me you don't have to listen to anybody else listen to God's word but God's word is very specific on how to be saved Because once you step into eternity, and we all will, that's when the door is closed to those who haven't made Jesus Lord of their lives. And it'll never be opened again. Once it's closed, it's done. It's over. And there you are, separated from a God who loves you so, so very much.
So keep that in mind. He's always trying to seek and to save the lost. He uses people. He uses me and he'll use you. Faithful people who go out into this lost world and, and actually let his light shine through us. You see, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus, never about us. Never about what we do. It's about what he's done. So just be willing. Just be willing to go out to your family members and your friends, your loved ones. Be willing to be nice to those who are kind of hateful and hard to be nice to. Look where Jesus went. He never had a home of his own. Constantly going around and, and, and staying at other people's homes and, and, and staying in a tent and going around and preaching the kingdom. He went to some rough places. And the Pharisees condemned him for it. And you know, sometimes we can have that same heart too. We can say, what, what, I'm not, I don't need to go there. I don't need to go there. That, that place is not clean. Those people, they, they're strange. Those people, they're, they're dirty. I'm so glad Jesus didn't think that way. Because he'd have never come to me. He'd have never come to any of us because sin is filth in the eyes of God. But he sent Jesus, perfect in every way, to be with us so we could cross that bridge and enter into the kingdom of heaven when we cross over into eternity. When we leave this old world behind that's full of nothing but chaos. Nothing but stuff. You know, Amanda asked me the other day, well, what do you want for Father's Day? <laughs> I find myself wanting more or wanting less and less all the time. Stuff is just stuff. Used to, I wanted boats and cars and, and just everything that the world had to offer. And now, I want to get rid of some stuff. You got to maintain that stuff. I'd like to have a smaller house. Uh, I just went and traded off my big gas-guzzling truck. Got something more efficient. I'm ready to get rid of some stuff and start just serving the Lord. I mean, this stuff is going to pass away. I'm telling you, this stuff will, will definitely pass away. And, and what will it prosper a man to gain the whole world? Yet lose their soul. That's not saying having stuff is bad and having money is bad. Not at all. But when we're putting it above him and we're not seeking him and we're seeking to maintain that stuff all the time and, and just seeking to, to live that lifestyle and instead of his lifestyle because his lifestyle is hard. Being a Christian's hard. He may call you to Africa. He may call you to Asia, somewhere out of your comfort zone. He may call you to Russia. He may call you to South America. He may call you to places around the world that don't have electricity, they don't have running water, you have to... You have to work for every little single thing. How blessed are we to be able to turn on a light switch and, and a water faucet here? He may send you out of that. Living for him is definitely tough. 
I'd like to just stay around this area, but if God moves me, he just moves me and I'll go. So we all need that heart. And, the, and that's the beginnings of revival. It's starting realizing those things. Do you hear him calling this morning? Do you hear him calling to your heart? Whether you're saved or you're lost. Saved, brothers and sisters, we've got such a job to do. The lost, I don't know who you are, but you better be right with the Lord. Because I don't know when he's coming, but I know he's coming. That's a definite fact. He's already fulfilled everything in this book. Except one. He says, I'm coming soon. That'll be fulfilled too. You can count on that just as much as all the other things he fulfilled. Through seeking God and desiring to see the awesome reviving work of the Lord, ten things came to my heart and my mind while writing this sermon. And I've read lots of books and, and watched all kinds of different things. And, and just I've been trying to personally seek the Lord and growing my relationship with him daily. This is something I've been doing. I've been trying to, to study more. I've been trying to watch way less TV, spend way less time on the phone. Just, just stop wasting time. I'm trying to stop wasting time, and it's hard. But as I've done it, I have found myself being more and more prepared for him, for his revival. But number one, I think that we must... Uh, it's not a thing. I know we must despise sin as much as God does. And hear this, especially our own. It's easy to see other people sinning in a different way than us and to hate that sin and forget the sin that we're in. So if you're in that, get out of it. Get your mind focused on Jesus we must repent number two as believers and seek his forgiveness for ignoring him we've ignored him can we admit that we have we've ignored him on a great level we've ignored our father and when I was a child ignoring my daddy or my granddad <laughs> that was bad you could expect some correction, right? Stop ignoring him. We must stop playing church and follow his directions to become the church, the body of Christ, seeking to be like him and recognizing him as the head of the church. Number four, we must pray sincerely to God in a way that lines up with his will, seeking his plan above all else in our lives. We must come to a point where nothing else matters in our life except his perfect will. That's hard to do. We got a lot going on, don't we? Number five, we must truly worship with our minds and our hearts. And I went to a, uh, a little, little deal down at uh, Nortonville Baptist Church and and Dr. Parton, who's pastor of Grapevine, 
said something that really stuck in my mind and in my heart. He said, worship isn't music, but it's enhanced by it. Music is wonderful, but it's not worship. Worship is when you're giving your whole heart and mind and body to the service of the Lord and seeking Him. That's worship. And then you come together, brothers and sisters, in this place, in these four walls, and you worship God together with your heart, your mind, your body, and in music. But music's not worship. Worship is a daily thing. It should be done all the time in the way we live and the way we act the way we follow him. Number six, we must allow God to correct us through prayer and studying his word. How often are you praying? How often are you studying? How often are you reading? We must prepare our hearts by realizing our brokenness and being crushed by the weight of his majesty. We must realize that our tradition and ways that we've tried aside from following him must be pushed out and away and immediately start doing things according to his will. Number nine, we must love God. And when we start doing that, it's going to reflect through us. It's going to shine through us. People are going to notice that we're different than the world. And number 10, we must love people and share the good news with them. Must. And number nine and number 10, that should be number one on that list. Love God, love people. Revival is a word that is derived from two separate Latin words. Re, which means again, and vivo, which means to live. So putting them together, revivo. Revival means to live again, not born again. Revival isn't for the lost. If you take anything from this message, remember this. Revival is not for the lost. Rebirth, or being born again, is for the lost. Both start with repentance, but they're two separate things. Revival revive those, revives those who have already experienced life in Jesus but haven't been following him. Rebirth brings those who are dead and lost in their sins to life in Christ. We've been beaten down by the world, haven't we? We have. It's a tough world. So we, we naturally, by being persecuted, we've cowered in defeat. Stand up on God's word. Don't fear this world. Don't you dare fear this world. And here's why. John chapter 16, verse 33 I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world, said Jesus. He's overcome the world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this morning? If you do, then act on it. Act on it. If we're going to call ourselves Christians and are really seeking revival, we must stop fearing the world, we must repent, and we must follow Christ through prayer, study, and action by sowing the seed of the gospel each and every day. That's what we've got to do.
We've got to do that. Now, as we play, I hope this message has touched your heart as much as it did mine as I wrote it because it's for me. It's for all of us. We need revival. But more importantly, if you're watching on Facebook or you're sitting right here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do not wait because you are not guaranteed to even make it out that door. I guarantee you that. You're not guaranteed to make it out that door alive. One thing is for sure that you are guaranteed you have a God who loves you, who sent Jesus Christ, who paid the ultimate price for you. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me. That's what he's saying to you this morning. He loves you. So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please come and make your decision for him. And you don't have to do it here. But why wait? Why take that chance? Now the altar's open and I'm going to be standing right here for whatever decision you need to come make. If you are saved and you want to come and, and cry out to the Lord and pray to him, come. The altar's open. And if you want to come and give your life to Jesus, I am right here to help you if you need help doing that. But all you have to do is just pray to him with sincere heart. That is it.